I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome back to the second episode of the week of the Lost Awards podcast. Jason's with me again. Jason, hi. Uh, uh, oh yeah, hello again. Yeah, I won't ask you how you are because I asked you that about an hour and a half ago, and, and I was all right, and you were right, and I don't think I'm anything's fine. happened then that suggests you're not. So, uh, and if no, there is, no. I don't want to know about it. So, no, and that was a fabulous, uh, fabulous preview for the ladies. So, um, you know, listen to that. Please listen to this one. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're if you're listening to this podcast now, I can assure you that our enthusiasm and our, our genuine interest is in that event in the previous episode and you know whether it's a case of you you know you're only bet on the pga tour just go and listen to to the a and a inspiration podcast and just hear the process of of how we've gone about finding major winners hear about matt talk matt cooper talk about his you know excellent stories of of how he's got involved in the game and, and to what detail he's gotten to going over to south korea things like that uh to really get an appreciation for that event on to this week's uh pga event texas open um, Dustin Johnson has just pulled out as he likes to do um, very late after he's already committed which leaves Jordan Spieth at the very best price of 12-1 to 1 favourite followed by Tony Finau, Scotty Scheffler who lost in the match play final Hideki Matsuyama at 20-1 to 1, Abraham Anser at 22-1 to 1, and Corey Connors at 25-1 to 1. Uh, any of those top six uh, take your fancy there Jason? No, I don't know why some of them are playing, really. It seems a ludicrous thing to do. If you've got the Masters next week, you'd be out there perfecting your game. But um certainly don't know why Scotty Sheffield's playing. Um, had a hard week, didn't he? Yeah. Um, wasn't great yet. I'm a big fan of Scotty Scheffler. Um I thought match play would suit him, which is why I put him up in that um, waggle-duff tipping thing. Yeah. Uh, went back in money. Thought it'd suit him because he didn't have to sleep on a lead or sleep on being in contention. Um, and he lost to the other annoying player, Um so anyway I don't know why he's playing I, I expect he'll probably pull out at some point um, Jordan we all love he loves it here loves the wind still don't know why he's playing um, Finau won't win uh, Matsuyama's going to come 20th so not none of them six mate no and I think the thing is what you highlighted there is it's, it's not the usual tune up for the Masters where Houston Open where they used to sort of um, shave around the the runoff areas and trying to replicate Augusta to a certain extent for people to to tune up there it's it's a completely different event isn't it and it, the only thing that sort of for me for Tony Fee now the only thing I can see is uh, motivation for playing is if he thinks that this is a field that he can go and win at to get that confidence going ahead of Augusta but as we've seen so many times in recent months it's uh, probably not going to be the case well I don't know what I don't know what the weather forecast is so apologies if I'm completely wrong but it is going to blow and it did blow at times during, during the match play didn't it yeah you know, you can really screw your irons up. Yeah. You know, you feel your irons, and then you want to go straight to Augusta. And I don't, I don't really see the, the I don't, I don't really understand the tournament taking place. To be honest with you. Well, yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's a hundred players in the field that aren't going to Augusta next week, so I guess that's kind of for them. But yeah, okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I do. Agree. In terms of, in terms of the top half that we've just spoken about, and in terms of um, genuine interest in the event from a from a betting side or from a viewing side, it's probably not. The ideal event. I completely agree with that. Uh, your first pick is at thirty-three to one. Yeah, he's one of your favourites, Tom. Yep. Siwoo Kim. Yep. Sorry, I know we're rushing, but I'm bloody starving. <laughs> right. Siwoo Kim, thirty-three to one, which actually was the price when DJ was in. So um, I know he's shortened. I think Ben must have put him up because it went blue very early. Um, but I still think thirty-three is actually very, very fair. Fourth here, obviously in two thousand nineteen. Um, 
I believe he did actually, didn't he? He led, he led for the first three rounds, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so obviously could have been, should have been, would have been a lot better. But we know Siru Kim. You're always saying we can't tell when he's going to perform, but um, you know that that's clearly um, a, a big boon. He won the American Express, which Landry of course won um, on its second uh, occasion. Um, Landry of course is a winner here. Uh, so there's clearly a, a link between them. Um, Teeter Green wise, I mean, everything points to uh, being Teeter Green. Yeah, I mean, Connors was uh, second in Teeter Green, first approaches. Landry was first Teeter Green, first in approaches. Chapel, second in Teeter Green, second in approaches. Uh, Hoffman's a slight outlier, but he was still top 10 in Teeter Green. So everything points to the fact that you, you, know, you have to at least have your irons in play. He's been ranking... Um, well, when he makes the cut, he ranked ninth of the players, uh, first in that American Express win, as you'd expect, fifth in the CJ Cup. So he's top 20. He's definitely top half a dozen in this field uh, with his irons. Looks solid to me. So, um, yeah, of the top lot, he um, he represented a little bit of value, I thought. Yeah, I you know, I think he's fantastic. I think he wins at a better rate than, than obviously, well, he does than a lot of better people in this uh field and for me it's just a case of I'm one of those that likes to wait until Siwoo Kim's 100 to 1 because it does happen very quickly um, and then try and jump on board and win then but I can't see there's literally nothing to argue when you look at his strokes gain approach numbers um, he's had two second places in the field in the last uh, what is it, eight starts um, on tour tips so he's obviously striking the ball incredibly well very decent in terms of this field in that context. And, uh, yeah, I don't really see uh, much to it. Charlie Hoffman was the first one for me, though, at 33-1. to 1. Um, Just mentioned him there. His course form is just exceptional, isn't it? He's got two 13-place finishes either side of a second, a third, two 11ths before finishing first, and then a second two years ago. Um, and for me, he's been striking the ball incredibly well uh, for a long period of time now, uh, it seems. Uh, when he's made the cut, he's he's fourth and third the last two times he's made the cut, uh, or his last two starts, sorry, uh, in strokes gained approach. He was ninth two starts before that and seventh for a little while before that. So generally speaking, when he makes the cut, he's top ten in ball striking. When he doesn't make the cut, I'm sure it's a lot to do with a short game. Um, and yeah, I I kind of have wanted to pick him a little while, for a little while, and, and for me it was an event that I just didn't think he could win. And to be honest, didn't even see him placing. He uh, finished in the top seven at Pebble Beach and was top ten at Bay Hills. That nearly sort of paid off that theory uh, quite poorly. But I just think if he's ever going to take advantage of the way he's hitting irons, and this is going to be the course he's going to do it at. Absolutely can't argue. I mean, I've got four lists here that I've I've been working on, and if a player appears in a couple of them, he's of interest. Um, Many of them, as we discussed just before we started this recording, aren't playing. They include the likes of Zalatoris, obviously Hatton, um, Neiman, um, and people like that. They're not appearing, and, and I agree. In terms of, of iron play, he's well up there um, in the list. Um, he's got the Tita Green efforts. Off the tee, in fact, he's, he's quite high up in this field as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's a struggle to see him getting over the line, as we always know, um, with Charlie Hoffman, but it's ever been the case, hasn't it? And yet, you know it doesn't really matter I mean it's it's a very fair price it's the same price as Siwoo Kim I prefer Kim yeah you know you've got Ryan Palmer in between them that also has great form here and he's playing well 
Tringali loves it here, loves the wind. Pick any one of them, no argument. He can't lead next week at Augusta, can he? When which oh, everyone yeah, he generally tends to do yeah, that. So uh, right, yeah, he yeah, maybe have to do that this week. Um, there, there's there's a whole barrage of names down here now. We've spoken about a couple off air. Um, I'll let you go into your next pick in a set. But Chris Kirk for me is another person that I think's mm-hmm. kind of getting there. And, and we've been talking about him, haven't we, for quite a few podcasts now about his ball striking, about how he's getting back to. I don't think he's ever going to get back to 16th in the world, or he may do, but it might take a you know a couple of years again of really solid play. But for me, in this kind of field, this feels like the sort of place where he can turn up and, and win again. Um, you know, his his uh, iron game. He's had two top eights in the last seven starts. He's had two thirty, uh, two top twenty nine places in the approach over the last three starts as well. Um, and you know, his current form is. Is great in the context of this field. 25th last time, eight three starts ago, two sixteenths in the second. There's not many players that are playing that well. He's got two top eights at the course and a 13th. There's just enough for me to suggest that he's actually reasonable value at 40 to one. I don't think he's a bad price. No, again, can't argue with you. I mean, when you look at the likes of sort of Jimmy Walker and Kevin Chappell, I sort of put Chris Kirk in that that type of grouping if you know what i mean yeah um they obviously love it here the kevin streelman's lo- love it here um chris kirk fits in beautifully with then annie is playing very very well yep another one you know why not he's having he's having a second wind and he, he he's keeping it going so uh, absolutely yeah it's probably fair to say that your pick around or one of your picks around this mark is is not your favorite player in the world but i'm sure you're going to give him a glaring view this week keegan bradley yeah i mean it just he keeps catching the eye, doesn't he? He does. Uh, he keeps catching the eye, even though you sort of sit there going, I don't really want him to. And I don't <laughs> know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, it, it, you know, it, I'm, I'm pretty bad like that. There's always some sort of uh, idiosyncrasy that, that, that puts me off. I mean, you know, let's look at the match play winner. <laughs> um, you know, there's just something about about. Uh, and I don't know why he's, he comes across an absolutely fantastic bloke. Yeah, I think, uh, apart from when you know, he's arguing I mean, with Michael Yeah, 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 indeed. I mean, the thing that caught my eye is uh, his best effort here is I think he hasn't, hasn't played it a load of times. But he was ninth here in 2011, which is a long time ago. But he did lead off the tee and approaches around the green and was 16th in tee to green. Um, I know he hasn't done that since, but, you know, it, it, it's very hard to sort of get him right, isn't it, at any point? Yeah. What, what also caught the eye is uh, 2020 went from 51st in the world down to 131st. So, you know, that's gone really, isn't it? Uh, eight missed cuts from nine. But he's come back in 2021 a hell of a lot better. Obviously, he's got the 10th. He's got the two top 30s in decent competitions, the players and the Honda. He was he was up there at the Honda, wasn't he, before a rubbish final round. Yeah. Uh, his game is better than those finishing positions indicate. Um, he's finding loads of fairways, which will, you know, really help here. He's ranking very high in tee to green. Um, I think in this field, he's, he's going to be top five, I think, certainly on my list of, of total players. Um, doesn't do a great deal here, but, you know, the top threes at the Arnold Palmer in 13 and 14, we, we know he can play in windy conditions. Uh, if you pick out his couple of best efforts over the last couple of years, the tied second at the Travellers fits in beautifully with um, a couple of players, certainly the likes of Streelman and someone else that I can't find. Uh, <laughs> He's got a tied fourth at the Sanderson um, back in October, which is next to Stallings, Hoffman and uh, Cam Davis, which, again, fits in nicely here. 
and that's just behind uh, Sergio and uh, Malniarty, uh, who plays well at the Sony. So it all fits in nicely with the conditions that he should expect this week. And I, I just think, you know, he's had a couple of years where he's, he's not really been there. And, I, you know, in this field, I thought he could certainly repeat that top 10 that he had, you know, 100 years ago. Um, 60 to 1, it seemed fair to me, to be honest with you, the way he's playing. Um, wouldn't necessarily expect him to win by 10. But, uh, you know, I don't see why he couldn't finish, finish in the places. Absolutely not. And I think you've got another one at the same price as well. Uh, what, Brandon Grace? That wasn't who I thought you were going to say. But... I, I don't mean Brandon Grace, I mean Sam Burns. <laughs> Is that who you meant? That is who I'm I mean. always getting those mixed up. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure. Sam Burns, uh, on his debut back in 2015, he was, he was not a player, was he really then? Okay. Uh, so don't worry about that miscut. Um, last year or two years ago, uh, finished with a 66 to finish in the top 25. Um, what was interesting is, I think is he hasn't been on the tour. I mean, he's been on the tour, what, a couple of years? Yeah. Um, you know, within 10 runs of him starting on the tour, he was second in Colombia. So obviously you've got conditions there. And following that was eighth in the Honda on the PGA. Um, he can play tough courses. Um, he was third in the Sanderson behind um, uh, Champ and Connors, obviously. You know, winner here last year. Ortiz was tied third. He can play these conditions. Uh, he led rounds two and three at Houston before finishing seventh. Uh, led the um, uh, the Sandersons uh, to halfway, finishing seventh. And he also led Riviera through three rounds, as we know. Um, actually held on really well to finish third there. I don't know if all that has sort of taken its toll because he's been rubbish at the um, AP and at the players. But, you know, he's had... Uh, He's had a couple of weeks off to, to get it back right. We know he can play properly. We know that he's going to be improving all the time. Um, 60 to 1, they were taking shorter than that in better tournaments, in better fields. So yeah. that certainly appealed, yeah. Yeah, I get that completely. There's Lanto Griffin I always go on about. I think he's a great player at this sort of price. Brandon Grace, who you did mention that you didn't mean to mention, um, is a fair price as well. He's played well in, the, in these sort of conditions plenty of times in the past. But I, I start to sort of go... A bit further down the best and i'm sort of looking triple digits now so unless there's anyone else you want to mention before we get there no no i think brandon grace is very fair at 66 yeah um, obviously bounced back to former Puerto rico so he should never ever win another tournament um and, and again you know he, he we know we know he plays win don't we yeah. he's got um you know two top tens here and this isn't the hardest of tours he'll be a bit gutted that he's not at augusta um and maybe he'll take revenge uh, around here absolutely Harry Higgs uh, caught my eye just for the fact that when you look at the strokes kind of approach, he uh, led the field last time out two starts ago uh, and was 27th the week before that uh, and 38th and 10th as well when he's made the cut prior to that as well. So for me, he's just sort of rounding into the sort of form that he was showing and everyone was kind of really excited about him. He's a guy that wears his, uh, his, his top buttons down and, and only and shows off his chest. He seems like that good old boy that everyone likes to... Uh, to play around with and, and have fun with but you know he's actually a very good golfer and he's starting to show it again after a bit of a tough period he's 29th and 19th his last two starts comes uh, was educated in the texas area he's actually from new jersey but he was uh, educated at smu with bryson um and yeah i just think that that sort of little texas spin it'd be first time at the course which you know i don't know if that's a massive concern at this sort of event um, but if he keeps his irons hot like he was, the, the generally the hundreds one is is disappearing. So he's more of ninety to one, eighty to one. 
Um, but I thought it was a decent enough price. Yeah, well, if players stop that crap, um, they'll probably do better. Yeah. That, uh, it's one of those things, but at the end of the day... No, it's, it's good to have a personality. Don't get me wrong. We want people to have a personality, yeah? But, it does but get away from you. Yeah, there's a, there's a time and a place to do it. And, uh, you know, uh, but at some point it will... It will it, I'm sure it will hit him that, um, you know, it's time to get serious. I think it'll just find its balance. It's a bit like, I think, the same happened with beef on the European tour, I think that he kind of got this massive pandemonium about him, this sort of t- people really, uh, in terms of personality and, and fandom, if you like. Um, and, and I think he'll be one, if, like you say, he gets his head down, and maybe if he has done it in recent weeks, that might be uh, the thing about it. No, Chase, Sam, Sam should be seeing, but it's getting his song ready, yeah? He should be, yeah, I think there's a there's an opportunity. There's a there. song for Harry Higgs, isn't there? Definitely. Oh, there's yeah. got to be one out there somewhere. Um, Chase Seifert, for me, was he's a, you know he's a player now that uh, he was popping up a couple of times. And people were tipping him at really big odds, weren't they? And he's finished fifteenth, third, and eighteenth in his last three starts. Um, Jason, when you're in this sort of event and this sort of strength of field, you kind of have to take notice. Of that. I know the eighteenth came at the Corrales, but that third was at the Honda, fifteenth at the Puerto Rico, twelfth at the American Express, seventeenth at the Sandersons. It's not. It's not just a one-off that it seemed like every now and then last year where he was sort of fourth at the work day, uh, a couple of top 20s at the American Special RSM. It seems to be that he's actually a very, very talented golfer and it feels like he's on the almost on the brink of doing something pretty impressive. I think that's actually a really good pick. I think if Andrew Landry can win, then then I, yeah, I absolutely don't see why, uh, yeah, why Chase Seifert can't win. Um, I mean, you know, he's not, he's not 21, is he? Um, uh, so, you know, again, you have that worry, but, um, you know, this is exactly the tournament that they'll turn up in. And, and I think you make a fantastic case. There's nothing wrong with that top 20 at the Corrales. Um, you know, it was brutal on day three. Um, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. Can't go, can't go wrong with shooting 64 in the final round of Honda. Um, again, top 15 Puerto Rico. Yeah. You can say it's just a little bit of a level down, um, is it really? It's top not 20. that much in this, in this field, no, though, is it? No, top, top 20 is consistently. You know, the Science and Farm we've gone through does actually have a relevance to this, yeah. unbelievably. The American Express, we've already we've already said, you know, is relevant um, because of the winners. Um, I, I actually think it's a very good pick, and I may well be convinced myself, to be honest. He was seconded with his irons as well at the Honda Classic, so that's a game that you kind of... That's the part of your game that I think I, I, trends the best. I actually think it's a very, very good pick, Tom. And I like go. it a lot. And I like it a lot more than my rag. Um, and and I think it's a much better bet. I thought around this price, mate, <laughs> very, very nice of you. Um, around this price, I thought you may have been interested in KH Lee again. I was just about to mention him. Oh, go on then. No, you've done it now. <laughs> you yes. know, elaborate. Scrambling demon. Yeah, <laughs> scrambling demon. Um yeah, um, what, what can you say? I really liked his, his effort at Phoenix. I just wonder whether I'm a bit biased by that because um, he hasn't done anything since, has he? Um, obviously, he's got the top 15 here uh, a yeah, couple of years debut. ago. Yeah, on his debut, had, had a bit of a chance on the final round. Um, if you take that Phoenix away, you're not looking at a lot, are you? No, that's the worry. And and that, that worries me now because, um, you know, I think we put him up a couple of times. We put him up at the Genesis, I think. And certainly mentioned him, um, I think, probably for the AP. Um, and the worry is that, that he's actually doing bugger all. And therefore, your bet, Chase Seifert, is far better 
I'm really, really quite impressed with that. And um, I don't think I'm going to say anymore. <laughs> there, there was another guy that, that kind of popped off my radar, and I had to kind of confirm with you before you started short on Chase Super, actually. Um, I had to confirm with you that what I had remembered was actually correct. And, and Kevin Chappell has played okay recently. He finished 13th at the Honda Classic. He was fourth after round one. Uh, went backwards sort of uh, round three on Saturday, but then 48th, but shot 65 in the final round to finish 13th. Um, if Kevin Chappell is going to come anywhere near back to what he was pre-injuries, pre I don't know, he almost gave up the game. He, he was certainly away for a little while. Um, but this is a course that he has won at. He's got a second and a fourth as well. I just, I just wonder if that's a kind of sign of things to come at the Honda. And if it is, then this is certainly a good event for him because he was 13th with his irons that week. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I took up sort of 75% of my allotted time for this on the ladies. Um, <laughs> had, had, no, genuinely, because I just found it so interesting. But... Um, it would have been really interesting to find out why Chapel suddenly suddenly hit form. Um, again, like I said it before the tour, and you, you know we, we're always saying this: the Chapel hits that, um, you know, uh, Kevin Streelman, um, that type of that type of play that we know where they're going to turn up virtually every year. Yeah. Um, and we're just waiting for him to come back to form. What's interesting is he had a terrible third round last week, and he could have just given up. I mean, let's face it; he's had a decent career. Yeah. Um, he could have just given up, but he fought back to hit 65 on the final day. Um, yeah, as you say, you know, previous winner here. Um, Top-class player, really. Um, plays well Houston, plays well, yeah, plays well everywhere that's that's really relevant, to be honest with you. Um, obviously a major uh, major contender in the past. Do you know, do you know, I, I'm leaving this tournament to you because you've, <laughs> you've got far better selections than I have. So I think the thing the thing with him as well is I kind of it sticks out in my memory that when he did get over the line in this event sort of four years ago he'd actually been playing pretty well leading up to that. I think he was he was top ten at the Masters, wasn't he? I think he was seventh place. Yeah, just check seventh place. Um, and then he won in his following start, played well at the Players, thirty fifth, which is not an event that you'd maybe associate with him. Fourth at the FedEx, eighth at the Canadian Open. So he was he was really really solid, and I think. There has been injury problems. There has been, I guess, a yeah. loss of confidence and things like that. And like you say, if, if we had found even anything that sort of suggests why he's come back to this kind of form, um, it may just be that he's he's finally got a bit healthy again. I, I mean, I watched a video of him where he played with the, the, the Barstool. Well, he was on the video with the Barstool guys, and, and he wasn't even really able to hit shots. I think he was just putting, basically. You know, that, that was how bad his kind of injury was. He only missed the cut at Pebble by a, a couple of shots, so it wasn't even like he played badly there either. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, in his limited start so far this season, he's he showed signs of things to come. And, uh, yeah, he's probably one to keep out on. Yep. Any more for Not... you in this range? No, your Chase Seifert pick is brilliant. Should we just stick with that and just, and just end it here? Then? No, I, 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 genuinely, <laughs> genuinely. I mean... You know, I'm, I'm reading, reading more and more, Tom. This is this is brilliant. This is the one, mate. This changes our life forever. <laughs> um, when he misses the cut, we'll come around to yours. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, uh, my apologies. Sorry. Getting excited now. I think I'm tired and hungry. Um, <laughs> where are we? We're, we're in the 125 to 150 range, if there's anyone else you want to mention. Uh, I was going to mention uh, um, Adam Schenk, um, who's admittedly 200, but, you know, that'll do, won't it? 
I mean, Rafael Campos is playing well. Hasn't got a, a, much of a record around here, but really, clearly loves the wind. Um, it's playing, been playing exceptional last couple of weeks. He could easily nick a place again. Um, Adam Schenk, the reason I went for Schenk is you have to, again, pick out his best. Um, tied seven in Texas around here, 2019. Six at John Deere, 2019 also. Obviously, he's relevant. Obviously, you've got Jordan Spieth and, and various associates involved in that. Top 15 at the Amex, again, won by Landry, who won this last year. Uh, seventh in that 2018 Sanderson, the champion Connors Ortiz won. And he's second in the Alberto Boys, Boys, whatever you want to say it, which I appreciate isn't the, you know this class, if you like, but uh, still involves wind. Um, and, and I felt on his best, it potentially was worth a, a, you know, a shekel each way at the price, to be honest with you, or, or even a top 10. Um, it just, just I like players that only appear at certain courses, <laughs> and if those only appearances are relevant to this week, then I think they deserve deserve a look. So your one's better, but yeah, Schenk was one of mine. I was going to message a bit tongue in cheek on Sunday. It is still only Monday. Anyway, I, I completely lost all the days. Sunday night when Graham McDowell was in the hunt and had a chance to win and Joel Damon obviously got the job done. Yeah. He's just a guy that still at his age and still when he's as inconsistent as he is, when he kind of gets there, he seems to hang around. And, and a couple of years ago, he won the Corrales and then finished seventh in this event to start later. And I just wonder if that's a sign of things to think uh, of this week. It's exactly the same as if conditions are right. Yeah. It, it, it basically doesn't inconvenience these players, does it? No. Um, and it's the same. It's the same with Grace. That was, you know, I mean, I know Grace has won recently and he's looking like he might be doing a little bit better. But it's the same sort of thing. It's when conditions are correct. Um, some players can't cope. They'll just play their game. You know, McDowell will play his game all the time. It's just not good enough anymore. No. Again, against you know, on a seven thousand six hundred yard course, against the quality on fast conditions. But when it starts, when it starts howling, you know, McDowell knows how to play and the others don't. Um, again I, I actually I looked at it and thought I was really surprised at his price hmm. given what he did last week um, yeah you're, you're yeah I think you should stick with this I'll do, I'm doing the ladies this week you do this one <laughs> I, don't, I just think that there's certainly an event where a long odds player is very likely Scotty Stallings Scotty Stallings yeah, yeah. I think yeah it's his sort, of, his sort of gaff to go yeah yeah I agree, I agree I agree Andrew Landry um, defending champion yeah. Um, clearly loves these sort of conditions. You know, he's up at 225, and people do repeat form here all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just because, like you said at the start of the thing, you wonder what the motivation is for the guys at the top. So, are they just playing to keep playing for the sake of playing a week before major? Are they trying to find something which is even more concerning? Uh, if they get in the lead over the weekend, do they want to? sort of pump the brakes and, and kind of coast so they don't use up all their best stuff before they, you know, that sounds ridiculous if you've got a chance to win, you would normally win the competitive spirit would do that, but I think we've sort of seen it with people taking their foot off the gas a little bit, not to not to extinguish enough energy going into the the, previous, the the following week, and that for me is enough of a question mark to not take anyone of the top three or four, we've also mentioned a couple of 33 to one, but then I certainly think it just opens up a lot for these longer shot guys that that really their form in recent weeks is is plenty good enough in an event like this yeah i i, I 
yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I think if you fancied any of these players over the sort of Honda at long shots or, or the Corrales, um, uh, you know, a long price. Um, I mean, look, we, we, I'm not saying necessarily this week, but we've been putting up at big prices, the likes of Keith Mitchell, Joseph Bramlett. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going down here, Bo Hostler, Scott Brown, you know, we, we've put them up. Um, uh, Lahiri, you know, I'm not saying this is necessarily their week, but as Matt's discussed on the previous podcast, you know, there are sometimes players go to a price. It doesn't matter. It's just wrong. Um, so if you were putting them up for those sort of tournaments before because you thought they can nick a place at 150 to one, when they start going to 200 plus 300, 400, and probably bigger on Betfair, um, you have to have a serious look at them because exactly as you say, what is what is the motivation for somebody to try so hard this week? You know, you don't want to get involved in a protracted battle down the stretch here, really, and then go on to Augusta um, on Monday. Um, it, it, again, I think conditions will play a huge part. Uh, if it does become really gusty, I'd, I'd be very worried about any of these that are in contention that, that start going on to Augusta next week. Um, I, I, I think, I mean, I haven't seen Steve Rawlings. I know sometimes Steve likes to lay virtually the top 50 yeah. of the field and see how it's going during the tournament. This is exactly the sort of tournament that I can see that happening. Um, so I'll be interested to read his column. Um, so, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not arguing and, and yeah, I, I don't find it as interesting um, simply because I do believe anybody can win this. Yeah, it's just hard. It, that's the thing, isn't it? it, like, it is, that's when it becomes impossible really to, we're trying our various to do it and make the picks that we're doing, but it wouldn't surprise me if 30, 40, 50 people won it. Um, a couple of names that we always mention in, in terms, well, one name we always mention in terms of Akshay Batir. I don't think this kind of event suits him. I think he needs something you know, California way, whatever. Um, but he's 301. He's eventually going to be a very good player. Austin Eckroat finished 12th in Mexico when he was uh, an amateur and since turned professional. Uh, Oklahoma State standout. He's 250 to 1. Just wonder if he maybe pops up um, in that. The only other name that I kind of I've skipped past a lot who was in very good form before the players was Andrew Putnam. Um and I just wonder if that just that one miscut has kind of taken everyone off his radar. And it's at an event in the players that that really anyone can miss a cut, as we saw with the amount of top names that did miss it. Um, you know, we're forgetting that he's got three top sevens in his last five starts. Yep. Again, I, it's very very hard to argue a definite case against somebody. I mean, okay, if they if they turn up, they played here four times, and they've got. 57th is their best and three missed cuts and fair enough yeah but i really don't i just don't i just don't find it like you say it's not easy um it's not meant to be easy obviously um really we should say it's 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 hard to definitely rule people out yeah um you know i mean matt kuchar played well over the weekend didn't he or very very well over the weekend and if that is a sign that i know that i think i think a couple of people put fury cup in this event uh, mm. last year, um, you know, for obvious reasons, and and you know that that's, that perfectly follows that you know Kucha, who I know it wasn't at the same course, but if he only turns up and repeats form at certain events, obviously he's a brilliant match play. He's got a brilliant match play record. Um, he may well turn up again here. I mean, he was top ten here in 2019, which was what six years since he was fourth. Yeah. So maybe he just turns up at certain courses. We know he's in great form. 
he was hitting the ball beautifully. He was patting very, very well. Um, you know, like him or loathe him, it, it, it was quite impressive, to be honest with you. It kind of makes you uh, wonder where he's been for God knows how long, isn't it? That's that, you know, okay, I know okay. some people pick it up in the in the match play, but it seems to come out of nowhere, really. Well, that's right. But if it is if it is a matter of him picking it up where he likes it, yeah. you know, he doesn't have to turn up this week. He's got enough money. No, exactly. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to go. F- but he was here anyway. He's in Texas, so I guess you might as well play. Yep, absolutely. Let's summarise our picks then. Let's not spend any more time on on something that we're kind of, you know, only half sure about. Um, I'll summarise my picks. Charlie Hoffman at thirty three to one was my kind of keenest bet. His course form is ridiculous. His iron play has been outstanding. He's in great current form, and I think this is an event he can win compared to the others that he hadn't. Thirty three to one eight places, perfectly enough for me. Chris Kirk at forty to one. He's a guy that I think's sort of trending very much in the right direction getting back to his very best um and again was a fair enough price for me harry higgs i think if he's showing the signs of what he was when he first came out on the pj tour um then i think he's certainly going in the right direction it was first in his approach last time out and that's a very important thing to keep an eye out for kevin chapel interests me i want to kind of dig into more of why this has kind of happened and whether he's kind of injury free and if he is then Hundreds one eight places of this course seems fair. More than fair is a Chase Seafoot at 125 to one eight places, 140 to one five places. You want to sacrifice it and go out all for the win. Um, and then there, there's certainly some interest for me for Graham McDowell. I think he can kind of take on that form from the Corrales and play a bit more in the wind and, and carry it on for a second week in a row. Yep, Siwoo Kim I think is a solid one from the top if you want to play up there. 33 Keegan Bradley. Um, yeah, a 60, I thought I thought was fair. I think he's playing very, very well. Um, he's got form in the right places. Um, just, you know, don't put his head in front too early. Sam Burns, he's working his way to a victory, surely, at some point. Um, reminds me a bit of Horsfield, that type of character on the European tour. Um, I think he's definitely going definitely gonna to win one and, and it, everything about him works. He's had enough time to, to get rid of that bad form. Um Brandon Grace possibly uh, Doug Gim I thought was interesting uh, yeah. I don't think he's long enough but he's playing really well and obviously he's a local um, and Adam Schenk at 200 or, or hopefully bigger on Betfair probably be because um, he has form in the right places and I have added Chase Seifert I think it's a fantastic bet uh, first player to win the Florida State Triple Crown um, and uh, 2018 Travelers Championship I think that probably was his first first PGA event was it um, yeah. Monday qualified and finished top 10 and the Travellers worked fantastically uh, for a lot of the more consistent players that appear here every year that is a fantastic bet Tom don't know if I've said it 15 times yet but I agree let's hope he, uh, let's hope he kicks on because it, it seems like I think a lot of these kind of players at his age so 29 and, and what they kind of seems if he's not won by then he's not won on the you know corn ferry tour or anything like that you know what's wrong with him and, and there might not be anything it could, you know we've spoken to so many guys on the podcast now where the things don't quite pan out in the early age and and it takes a little while to get back to to where you need to be and he's he's gonna do it by the looks of it he's in great form and uh this will be the best time for him to take advantage of that i think yeah i, I think you're right i think the price is wrong i think if he'd have been put up at sort of 70 you wouldn't have necessarily complained about that no so the fact you can get virtually double yeah yeah crack on mate 
And Adam Schenk as well, just a little reference to him, is that he was second after 36 holes here at his last course start. And, and he kind of, he didn't even really go that far backwards. You know, he shot two 70s, which would have been, yeah. well, been unfamiliar territory for him, wouldn't it? To be that high up on the leaderboard for, for someone, not of his ability, but someone of his experience. Um, and he and he stayed steady. He finished seventh and, and he was seventh after Saturday. So he really did himself no harm over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, like I say, you're, you're taking pot luck that this is the type of course he's going to turn up in, but they do, don't they? Um, you know, you look, look at the likes of Hudson Swafford or somebody like that, you know, mm. they just turn up. You know where they're playing at, well. You know yeah. where they're playing. So at 200, are you really that fast? You know, at 20, you need them to play, don't you? Yeah. I think it's a very much a better fair week, isn't it? And have a, and spread, yeah. you, spread you a few pounds around and, and have a few long shots. And we've given a couple of guys in Charlie Hoffman and Siwoo Kim who we're we're pretty sweet on Chris Kirk as well uh, and then the others are a few chances for us yeah but reiterate I mean obviously next week is the Masters hopefully we get our you know a major guest on yeah uh, to, to talk for a long while on Monday um, but for this week you know have a have a listen to the to the, to the other pod on the on the ladies watch the ladies A&A inspiration because it's a fantastic tournament and um yeah, if you want to watch this on the red button, you can do. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I, 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 you know, I concur with that. I think that for me personally, it was really fun to dig into something that, you know, we've we've spoken a lot about it in recent weeks because of the podcast we've done, haven't we, Jason, about the LPGA and the Ladies European Tour and everything like that. But this was our first kind of deep dive into it from a betting angle, um, and we both really enjoyed the research and and whether it's women or men just seeing all these different names and, and having sort of building your own kind of opinion on them as opposed to the same guys you're kind of ruling out and ruling in every week is was kind of refreshing to hear mate i abs- genuinely absolutely loved it matt was that was fantastic you know like you said plenty of stories plenty of opinion plenty of knowledge um and hopefully yeah as i say look if we can get a handful of extra people to watch some of this job done absolutely Right, let's wrap it up for this week, and uh, it's the big one next week. Uh, no, 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 well, the no. The second I'm, I'm big not, one I'm, of the year. I'm not, I'm not fifty yet, mate. No. <laughs> oh, the Masters. Oh, the Masters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Masters. It'd be fascinating to see how that how that turns up. So yeah, yeah, we're all warming up for that, and um, we await to see if Xander wins this year or next. <laughs> we bloody hope it's soon. Right, cheers, Jason.